Hi guys, my name's Jason and welcome to the UK Money Podcast. I'm a financial advisor uh, and on this podcast we talk about all things to do with money. We talk about investments, we talk about budgeting, we talk about what's going on in the news that might affect your personal finances. Basically anything that has to do with money, anything that has to do with getting ahead financially and um, becoming financially free, I will be happy to talk about on this podcast. Now, I hope you've all had a, a really good um, Christmas, great Boxing Day, good New Year's. Um, it's been a bit of an unusual time, hasn't it? There's been a lot going on. Um, some of it quite interesting. Some of it we're all getting sick of. Um, for me personally, we've had a bit of extra news on top of that because my wife actually gave birth to our second um, on the 29th. So I'm recording this on New Year's Day. So it was just a few days ago that she uh, she gave birth to a, a, a healthy baby girl. So they're still in the hospital. Nothing serious. Just keeping an eye on. Um, keeping an eye on things, uh, making sure all is good before they can leave. I'm on home duty looking after our other son, so he's just gone down to bed. So I've got a little bit of time now to uh, jump on and and record an episode. One of the main reasons for that is because I've seen, um, I've actually had the biggest biggest two days in downloads uh, over the last three days. So one was three days ago and one today, uh, the two biggest days I've I've ever had. So um, I'm a bit surprised at that, to be honest. I thought that people might have um, have something better to do than think about their their money and their finances, but um, it probably shows that the whole New Year, New Me thing is is definitely alive and well. You know, I think it's great. I think um, it's interesting at the moment because obviously it's a transition into a new year, which always makes us um, a lot of people, um, myself included, stop and take stock and think about what you want to achieve, um, which is which is really good. You know, I think. Um, getting getting your head around your finances and, and getting your financial house in order for me is definitely one of the, the building blocks to making the rest of your life um, just a lot more stress-free um, and it just allows you that freedom and that flexibility to be able to focus on other things when you're not um, really stressed about what's happening with, with your money as much. So I think that's fantastic and when I saw that today I thought you know what I've got to make some time to to jump on and do an episode today so thanks for being with me uh, on the podcast thanks for listening now as usual you know on this podcast uh, I am a financial advisor but it's important to note that I don't provide financial advice so cover a a whole range of different topics but it should all, all just be considered information rather than actual advice. So with that said, there's a couple of topics that I'd like to talk about today. The first one I'd like to discuss is the idea of uh, real versus nominal returns and the differences between those. So basically what that means is, is it looks at the way in which inflation impacts your the returns that you're getting from investments. And that's really important, especially at the moment, because interest rates are so low. So we're going to have a little bit of a talk about that Um I think that'll be that'll be useful if you're um, if you're planning your your investments for the next next twelve months, or if you're planning a savings plan or whatever. Um, I think that'll be really important to think about what the actual um, real outcome of those choices potentially will be. So, I'm going to go over the details of that. I also want to talk about the year that we've had in investment markets. So the it's been a bit of an, an, uh, an interesting story around the world because different markets in different countries have actually performed wildly differently. Now, we're going to have a look today at, you know, maybe a bit cliche, but we're going to look at two of the, the two, two of the biggest markets in the world. We're going to look at the, um, we're in the UK, so obviously we're going to look at the FTSE. We're going to look at what's happened on the FTSE um, 100 over the last 12 months. 
And we're also going to have a look at what's happened in America uh, what and specifically the S&P 500. So I think that's going to be a really interesting um, couple of, of different markets to have a look at. They perform very differently. That's the, uh, that's the clue. Um, and I think it's going to really highlight the importance of diversification in your investment portfolios. I've been seeing a lot of people on especially on social media, I've mentioned this in previous podcasts, um, flogging different shares, you know, people who probably aren't, don't necessarily have uh, much in the way of, of, of formal qualifications or formal training in, in investment markets and, um, and you know, financial advice, that sort of thing, talking about picking stocks. Um, and often diversification for me is one of the, the key areas where they fall down and where most people will fall down if they're looking to pick individual stocks. So I'm going to talk about that as well. Um, and as usual, you know, if you do have questions, if there's things you'd like me to discuss on the podcast, if there's topics you'd like me to cover, then please get in touch. Unfortunately, I'm not a mind reader. I don't know what it is that you want to be hearing. Like I say, it's awesome that we're getting a few more people listening to the podcast each week. Um, so please tell me what you want to hear. It could be it could be more personal financey type stuff. So, you know, one of the things I have considered is do I go back to real basics on the day to day personal finance? So, things like how does a credit card work? How does a mortgage work? Um, what is life insurance? Um, I mean, that one's probably pretty straightforward. But you know, just getting back to kind of more of those sorts of things. How how do I do a budget? Now, you know, I'm not really sure whether that's going to be maybe pitched um, a bit too too basic if that's a bit too fundamental or whether you guys listening would like to hear stuff that's that's kind of that fundamental so you know obviously i don't know you i don't know who you are and what you're you're looking for so please do get in touch with me um because that way i can be providing you with content that is relevant and will hopefully help you out so with that said let's get into today's episode and we're going to start by talking about um i was going to talk about the the real versus nominal returns but i think we'll leave that to the end so we'll talk about the um different market performance over the last 12 months let's have a look at how 2020s played out for the FTSE and the S&P 500. Okay, so like I said, it's been a really interesting year for investment markets. Um, let's we'll start with the FTSE because you know for, for most of us who are um, who are in the UK, and I can see that from um, that most of my listeners are in the UK, and you know that's what we see on the news when when the BBC or ITV or whoever are talking about um, what's happened on the stock market. Often they will actually talk about the American markets as well, but generally speaking, it will be led with what's happened in the UK, which you'd, you which you would hope so, right? We're in the UK after all. So, the um, the FTSE 100, just a, a very very quick recap, is the um, the index on the London Stock Exchange. So the, it represents the 100 largest listed companies in the UK, and it's used as a, as a proxy. These indexes are used as a proxy for what's happened at the stock market as a whole. Because from a like a company size perspective, what we call market capitalization, they make up generally a really, really large percentage of the stock market as a whole. So in 2020, you would probably expect that investment markets around the world have performed really badly. And when it comes to the, the UK market, the FTSE 100, you would be correct. For 2020, so that only finished last night, yesterday, um, the FTSE 100 was down 
for the for the full year, and that's actually the worst year that uh, that it's experienced since the global financial crisis back in two thousand and eight. So that's pretty significant. You know, that's that's kind of when I'm talking to clients about the potential outcomes for their investments. You know, that's it's not obviously not the worst that could possibly happen, but that's kind of where we say, look, this is what can happen with your money. You know, if you invested everything into the UK market, you could easily. Um, have that fall double digits within a given year. And, you know, that that is what's happened. So with that said, that's not as bad as it was. So, you know, from peak to trough, so from the, the highs, uh, to, from the highest point um, in the in the market to the lowest point, the FTSE 100 back in April fell um, actually around 40%. So we saw a really big drop off um, back when the coronavirus pandemic was really taking off in this country. Um, and then actually, once all the different um, government measures and central bank, in, central bank intervention happened, um, we saw some reasonable recovery since then. So um, there's been a lot of other stuff happening. Obviously, there's the American election. We've had all this stuff to do with Brexit, um, the pound uh, reacting to all those things. So it's definitely not been a nice smooth upward trend since that fall, um, but it has recovered some of, it loss, some of its losses. But I think everyone would agree that regardless of, of whether 14, negative 14% could have been worse, that's not a good year for your investments. Which makes it really interesting when we actually have a look at what's happened in America to the S&P 500. So America, the American stock market is much, much, much bigger than the UK market. It's the biggest um, market in the world by, by far. And actually, there's a number of different exchanges that make up what we call the, you know, the American stock market. So uh, I'm going to be generalizing on some of this here, but um, I'm going to be talking about the S&P 500. And the S&P 500 is very similar. Um, broadly speaking, it's the 500 biggest um, listed companies in America. Now, it's slightly different the way that they calculate that. I have actually talked about this on a previous podcast to do with Tesla. Um, it's not purely based on market cap. So there's some other qualifications to get on that list, things like how liquid your shares are, the profitability of the business, stuff like that. But broadly speaking, it's going to be pretty close to the 500 biggest companies in the US. Now, FTSE 100 down 14.3%. What do you think the S&P 500 has done over that same 12-month period? I'm going to give you a minute. You can shout out a guess if you want. Okay, so the S&P 500 has actually gone up, gone up by 16.26%. Now, I don't know about you, but that's a pretty, I think that's a pretty big gap. You know, that's over 30% swing between what's happened in the UK and what's happened in the US. And actually, to me, what makes that even more unusual or more surprising is when you think about the trajectory of both of those, both of these countries over that last 12 months. Now, it would potentially be understandable if America had handled the coronavirus pandemic a million times better than the UK. You know, and I'm not going to go into detail the political side of things of how it was handled or whatever, but I think broadly speaking, you can probably have a look at how the UK has handled it the number of cases, the number of deaths, the, the impact on the economy, compare that to the US. And I think they're, they're not going to be too far apart. You know, the UK has had a real rough time of it in terms of how it's impacted the country. The US has had a real rough time of it in, ter- in terms of how it's impacted the country as well. You know, we're not comparing somewhere like the UK to somewhere like New Zealand that's had like four deaths or something. You know, they are very similar in the, in the, in the level of impact that they felt. So, to me, that's what makes it extra surprising, um, the difference between 
those two markets. And for me, the biggest thing that this highlights is that over short periods of time, there's not really any way to accurately predict what the market is going to do. You know, when we start to talk about really long time frames, you know, five, eight, 10 years, 20 years, whatever, you know, the, the, there starts to be a lot less short term noise. Um, the market is based much more on fundamental principles. But over these shorter time frames, there is just so much noise, there's so much emotion that drives what happens with stock markets. And I think this is just a fantastic example of that. I'm sure that there are areas in there that have been driven because of the pandemic. So, you know, if you think of the S&P 500, what are going to be some of the biggest companies in there? You've got Amazon, you've got Apple, you've got Netflix, you've got Spotify. It doesn't take a genius to realize that those companies have probably been helped by the pandemic, if anything. So there are going to be some fundamental differences between um, how these two have performed. And, you know, I guess that even more so um, proves the point as well, that diversification is the most important thing when it comes to an investment portfolio. You know, like I say, I've seen a lot of people on, um, on social media um, touting different individual stocks or touting individual um, investment funds, things like that. And, you know, most of the time, these, these accounts and these people are not recommending or they're not suggesting um, well-diversified um, risk-adjusted portfolios. You know, they're talking about direct equities usually in America because that's sexy, right? Investing in Apple is sexy. Investing in Spotify is sexy. Um, investing in a diversified portfolio that includes corporate bonds, government bonds, gilt, FTSE 100, you know, um, European stocks, spreading your money so far that you can't, it's very hard to identify all of the holdings that you've got is not as sexy. You can't point to it and say, look how clever I am. I bought, I bought tech stocks. So, um, there is definitely that missing, and I think this really highlights why it is so important. Now, whether whether that difference between the FTSE or the S&P is, is driven mainly by emotional, mainly fundamentals, it shows why you shouldn't just be looking to have all of your money in a single country or a single, single stock market. Um, because there are going to be years where some some do better than others, and then you know we could be looking at this next year or the year after, and actually the situation could be reversed. You know, the FTSE 100 could significantly outperform the S&P 500 in the States. So by spreading your funds across all of these, you know, you are potentially going to be um, evening out the, the highs as well as the lows. So, you know, you might buy, if you had had, um, you know, 50% in the FTSE 100 and 50% in the S&P 500, your portfolio would have been broadly flat this year. So, Okay, that doesn't necessarily sound like a great result when you've got the S&P 500 doing 16%. Um, but the point is, is that there are going to be some years where the S&P 500 goes down 15%. And by spreading your money across these different, um, these different investment markets, these different forms of investments, you even out those returns um, over the longer term. You know, and broadly speaking, most well, all investment markets over the long term, you know, the trend is generally upward. So you're not always going to have them even out to zero. You know, and in fact, that's that's the last thing that we would expect to happen when we're investing clients' money. You know, that's that otherwise there would be no point. Um, but there are going to be outlying years like this where there is big differences between how they perform. And when we're talking about performance, that brings me quite nicely onto the next thing I wanted to have a little bit of a talk about, which is real versus nominal returns. And the figures that I've just given you there for the FTSE 100 and for the S&P 500 are what's called uh, what's known as nominal returns. So 
when we talk about nominal returns, that is what most people will think of when we talk about returns. So that is the headline rate of interest or return that you're going to be that you receive. So the S&P 500 was up 16.26%. That is the headline return. If you had invested £100 into that on day, the start of the 1st of January 2020, you would have earned £16.26 into your account. At You would have had that in addition at the end of the year as your return. So that is the nominal return. That is the amount you receive on your investment. Now, nominal returns aren't just for investments like share investments and things like that. You know, we also also talk about nominal interest rates or even nominal returns. We still can use that same term when we're talking about um, savings accounts, cash investments, fixed fixed deposits. Um, you know, if your bank is offering you, probably not much at the moment, but if your bank is offering you 0.6% return per annum, that is the nominal return on that. So again, you know, if you had put £100 in, um, into your investments, then you would have, you know, you would get your 0.660% return over the course of that 12 months. So the nominal return is just the actual amount that you receive. So you would think that that's kind of the end of it, right? That's, that's the return. That's what I've got. All good. But what it doesn't take into account is the idea of inflation. So a return is all well and good, but it's all got to be relative, right? So Inflation um, can mean a number of different things. There are a number of different measures for inflation. Again, I have talked about this on a previous episode of the podcast, um, but it's essentially, generally, it means either the um, retail price index or the consumer price index. But essentially, what it means is the amount in which costs of things are going up each year. So inflation is a normal and natural part of the economy. Um, you actually really want at least a, a certain level of inflation. If you're not getting any inflation at all, that probably points to some other potential issues in your economy. So, you know, inflation is going to happen. But it doesn't happen in a steady, even um, way most of the time. It fluctuates. Um, you know, just like returns on the stock market can fluctuate, the rate of inflation can fluctuate. So if you think about it, if you're investing £100, and you're trying to get a return from that money, if it grows at the same level of inflation, it actually hasn't grown at all. So if you think, let's think about it this way. Let's say that you would like to buy um, £100 worth of Diet Coke, right? So the let's say that you um, they cost a pound each, for example. On day one, you, want, you can go into the shop and you can buy 100 cans of uh, Diet Coke for your £100. Now, let's say you don't want to buy 100 um, cans of Diet Coke today. You actually want to be able to buy 100 cans of Diet Coke in 12 months' time. In order to make sure you've still got enough money, you might, you know, this is, all, this is a bit of a silly hypothetical, but as an example, you would invest that money in order to make sure that you've got the uh, enough money to purchase the same amount of Coke in Diet Coke in uh, 12 months' time. So, I'm going to make the numbers really, really simple. Let's say the um, your investments give you a return that year of 10%. Great. That's fantastic. Your investments have gone up. That means that you'll be able to probably buy the same amount of Coke as before, if not maybe a little bit more. 10% is good return, right? Okay, sorry about that. My uh, my fire alarm went off for some reason. No fire. We're all safe. 
Um, I've lost lost my lost my train a little bit there. So right, so you've got you're buying a hundred um a hundred cans of Diet Coke. You want to buy the same in twelve months' time. You invest that money, you get a ten percent return. Um, so you should be able to buy the same or more. Um, well, let's say more. You should be able to buy more Diet Coke in twelve months' time. But if inflation has gone up by t- uh, by ten percent as well, now again that's probably a bit unrealistic. That's really really high. That has happened in the past, but it's not that common. But let's say for the sake of argument, it does. If inflation has gone up ten percent, it means that rather than costing a pound each for those cans of Diet Coke, they're going to cost you one pound ten. So in order to, as part of the inflationary process, Coca Cola put up the price of Diet Cokes by by ten percent. So actually, what that means is the purchasing power of your money hasn't actually changed at all. Now, it's not, going, it's not gone backwards, so that's something, but even though you've received a 10% return on your investments, it hasn't actually improved your financial position because you can't buy any more stuff um, or do any more things with that money that you've got or money that you've earned. So uh, for me, it, it's, that's, um, and that concept is what we call the real rate of return. And the real rate of return in this instance is actually zero because in order to, um, to ascertain the real rate of return, really all you do is take the rate of inflation off the return that you're getting from your investments. So in this instance, the investments have gone up, up 10% and that's great. But actually because inflation is 10% as well, our, nominal, uh, sorry, our real return is zero. So when you're looking at any form of investments, working out the real return is very, very important. And I would suggest that really the more uh, defensive your investment strategy, the more important this real rate of return is. And that's because, you know, if you think about the rate of return that you get from from cash, from savings accounts at the moment, it's really, really poor, right? And even in the best times, you're not going to get double-digit returns from cash investments. Um, and actually what that means is that sometimes, and quite actually quite often really, the real rate of return for a cash investment can actually be negative. So if we go back to that example, if you're getting 0.60% in interest from your bank account and inflation is running at 1%, your nominal return is 0.60%. Okay, great. But actually your real rate of return is negative 0.4%. So I think this is a really important concept when it comes to risk because often when people would think about risk, um, they think about how much investments can fluctuate you know, the big rises and falls that we've we've already talked about in this episode um, with the stock market. But actually, one of the, for me, one of the really big risks for long-term wealth creation is this insidious impact of inflation. Because what can actually be happening is you can be squirreling your money away, you can be saving as much as possible, you can be doing all the right things, but you've got inflation pinching a little bit of that money every single year. And that really puts a hamper on how much your investments and how much your wealth can grow by. So, you know, when you are considering what you're going to be doing with your investment plan, what your savings and wealth creation strategy is, don't just look at that headline. You know, have a think about what inflation is doing. Because really, the most important thing is that you get a return that is above the level of inflation. And whatever the current level of inflation is will kind of guide you as to what that means, what sort of investment that means you need to be having a look at. You know, and we have, we have, you still need to be careful with it. You know, it's not about um, doing something that is wrong for you just because you um, want to get a return above 
the rate of inflation, but it is important to think about what your objectives are and think about what level of real return you need in order to meet those objectives. You know, really simply, if you're thinking about retirement and it's like 30 years away and you think you're going to need 30,000 pounds a year to live on and you aim for 30,000 pounds, by the time you get there, 30,000 pounds is not going to be what it is today. So at the very least, you need to be thinking about planning for your objectives whilst taking into account inflation. And that that is obviously more important for those really long-term objectives like retirement, but even st- for stuff like buying a house. You know, if you're planning to buy a house in five years' time and you need to save up a 20,000-pound deposit, you know, five years is a reasonably long length of time. And actually, their inflation will have a, a, a fairly um, reasonable impact on that deposit. So you might spend five years really busting your ass to save that 20 grand. And actually, when you get there, you realize that 20 grand doesn't buy you what 20 grand bought you five years ago. So, you know, whenever you, if it was me, um, whenever you're, and when when I'm working with clients, if you're planning those objectives, you should build in an element of inflation into that. So if you think you need 20,000 pounds for your house deposit, if you are buying one today, then Work out, you know, the average rate of inflation. I don't know. You could pick a figure, really. It doesn't have to be precise. 2%, 2.5%, 3%. Pick that level of inflation and then uh, extrapolate out that 20 grand. So maybe 20 grand today, you're going to need to save 24,000 pounds for in five years' time. Whatever the figure is, it doesn't really matter. It's just about being aware and understanding that that is what's going to happen with your money. So today we've talked about the differences. Um, I guess we've reviewed 2020 in a really brief way in terms of investment markets for both the S&P 500 and the FTSE 100. Um, It's been definitely a tale of two markets there, very different um, outcomes. Um, And for me, again, like I say, it highlights the importance of diversification. You know, there are years where certain asset classes are going to outperform others. There are years where certain investment markets, stock markets are going to outperform others. So it's really important to be diversified to make try and smooth out those highs and lows and get you a more stable, um, stable and predictable long-term return. So we've had a little bit of a talk about that. And we've also talked about the differences between real and nominal returns on your investments and savings. You know, inflation really can be a killer to your financial plan, especially if you're planning for long-term objectives. So keep it front of mind, really think about it, especially at the moment if you're if you're listening to these podcasts because you're planning your your um, your finances over the next year, two years, five years, 10 years, whatever, you know, make sure that's a really important part that you build into your objectives because it really does make a difference. So look, I really appreciate you guys listening to listening to me um, gab on on these podcasts. I really do hope they are providing some value. Um, like I said at the outset, it would be great if you could get in touch with me um, just to tell me either what it is is working for you. You know, if there's things that you are you are you are liking what I'm talking about, you'd like to hear more about. If there are things that I'm not covering that you're you would really like to hear, then please do get in touch. So my uh, all my contact information will be in the show notes. But um, you know, you can find me over on Instagram, Jason Mountford, um, or you can find me or you can email me. Um, Jason at jasonmountford.com. So get in touch with me there. Say hello. I'm over on YouTube as well. Um, this one's not going up on YouTube. I've not got the camera set up. You know what? It's it's late at night. I'm uh, I can't be bothered having a shave. I can't be bothered um, setting setting a light up or or sorting out my background or anything like that. So if you if you um, prefer video, then do head over on YouTube. I do put the majority of these podcasts 
on there as well. Leave me a comment if you've got questions. But as always, guys, thanks so much for listening, and I hope you have a great week. Hi guys, I just wanted to jump in really quickly to let you know about my free weekly newsletter, also called The Hedge. Every week I comb through all the social feeds and news websites to cut through the noise and bring you the latest news and ideas in investing, business, entrepreneurship and personal development. As with all content from The Hedge, the aim is to help you grow your wealth in a way that allows you to be your real, authentic self. If you'd like to sign up, you can find the link as well as the links to all our other content at thehedge.io.